0: always waits until like i am <laughs> actually recording to make the loudest most god-awful noise possible Yeah. Like... um all right so seems like it's 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 done we got the whatever whatever demons were possessing it uh we got it out of there so we can we can get going here with our live show uh I am I am John Hogue as Superflex dude, and I'm here with Brian Har. He's at Brian Har FF. Welcome back, Brian Har. By the way, thank uh, you. I I uh, I know it was a it was a heavy week. We definitely missed you around here, but uh, we we absolutely get it. Um, and then, yeah. uh,
1: excited to be back, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely good to have you back. And then John McGlynn always around. Uh, I, somehow he is always. He's just always there. He's he's rock solid, rock steady. Yes, I'm like your worst nightmare. I'm here <laughs> when I'm, <laughs> whether we want you or not. Now you're you're always. It's, you it's guys always... <laughs> are.
2: You're stuck with me, whether you like it or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way we like it. By the way, so he's at John McLean seventy five, and uh, we're here to break down some listener questions answer some listener questions, break down some listener trades. We've got a few of them already, uh, already socked away and ready to go. But, um, as, uh, as everybody kind of files in, uh, for the live show, feel free to, um, to, uh, send us your, your questions in the live chat. Um, those are going to take priority by the way. So, uh, those always, uh, we always make sure to get to the ones in the live chat and then, uh, just kind of fill it in, in between. So, um, the first thing that we can do here is, is our kind of our filler is, uh, talk about this Thursday night game. Uh, it's, so the 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. And, uh, I don't, I don't know how we ended up breaking this down, but somebody, somebody tell me if there's anybody on the Arizona Cardinals, that's worth starting, uh, is, or is this just going to be Nick Bosa once again just going bull in a China shop?
2: Uh, I don't think – I think Kyler Murray is going to be a, a – I know the off. I know the defense is great in, in San Francisco, but Kyler Murray is going to throw a lot of pass like he always does. I, I think he's going to make things happen with his legs a little bit. He's going to have to create some kind of offense. Um, but I think he's going to spread the ball around. I don't think you're going to have anything – I, you're going to have borderline red light, yellow lights for the rest of the team. I mean, this is kind of a blah game when you're playing a great defense like San Fran, who's got great run defense, great pass defense. It, you know, you're not going to have tons of red light, tons of green lights and yellow lights, no matter who, what the team is. And Arizona has not been a juggernaut in offense. You know, they spread the ball around a lot. They, everybody gets a little piece of something. Uh, you got some guys hurt. Half the backfield's gone in, in Arizona. So uh, you got to fill in Kenyon Drake, uh, you know, it's it's kind of going to be an ugly game. I don't uh, I don't anticipate a lot of offense, uh, but I, I maybe the offense will come on the other side of the ball with San Fran. But on on the on the Cardinal side, you're just not going to have uh, a great lot of great fantasy options. And I think everybody knew that going into the game too. You know, they kind of they stick to the pass most of the time anyway, especially recently with all the uh, with the inju- with the injuries. But I don't. Uh, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what you plan. If you had these guys in your lineup, most of the time you're going to find someone else to, to, to start.
0: You know, that's. So uh let's do our, uh, our green, yellow, red, the way we normally break down games. Uh Do you have any, any green lights on the, on the Arizona side?
2: I, I, I say Kyler Murray. I just think he's, I, I, no matter what, they're going to be in pass, they're going to probably be in catch-up mode, or uh, they're not going to be able to run the ball with a guy who barely knows the playbook. Even if even if David Johnson does come in, uh, you know he's probably going to be limited. I don't want to see him pull one of these, uh, come in for two plays and walk out the field again. So we, I don't know if he's really trustable this week. Um, but uh, I, Chase Edmonds, I don't think he's going to be playing. It's, it's probably just going to be the Kenyon Drake show, maybe. And uh, I'm not sure either him and Kyler Murray probably aren't going to be on the same... Page as far as screen pass on the backfield or any kind of routes. He just got here four days ago or five days ago. So I think Murray's gonna emerge gonna have to rely on the, the passing game with his receivers. And they run a spread, they run like a wide open offense. So there's gonna be a guy that probably gets open. You know, they they, they have to kind of I don't know if they're gonna play man-to-man on each one of their four receivers that they spread out, um, but they're gonna have to try to do something to um, you know, stop Kyler Murray's legs from you know running from uh, escaping the pocket or making things happen if everybody's covered one on one, or you might you might see a couple dump passes to Drake when he just runs out of the backfield and tries to make something happen, get open. Uh, I I think Murray's going to have I would say probably a little bit over fifteen, but I would say between fifteen and twenty fantasy points this week. Um, that's not a lot. It's not uh you kind of want your first your your green lights to have over twenty points if you're talking about a quarterback, but. Um, I mean, if you're going to have a green light, the only possibility on this whole team is Kyler Murray to have a green light. That's, that's what the only thing I could, that's the only recommendation I can have here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's a yellow for me just because I think you have to temper, you know, exactly what John was saying. You have to kind of temper your expectations in this game. Um, but he's really the only one. I mean, <clears throat> I normally I'd say Kenyon Drake, but this being the first game that he's played in a Cardinals uniform, um, You know, I I just, I have no confidence. He might do something, but he might not. And somebody will do something in the passing game as far as catching the ball goes. Uh, Again, good luck figuring out who this week. Um, I I do think that Kyler Murray will have a little bit more success than we've seen quarterbacks have, you know, in the last couple of weeks against that San Fran defense and that pass rush, especially with Bosa, um, because of his mobility. I think that will help. but still, I don't think you can expect kind of his normal game uh, I think you have to temper your expectations here.
0: So before we move on to the uh, San Francisco side of this uh of this Thursday night game, uh, we already have our first question in the the chat uh thanks to Hal Holman for joining us and for asking this question but this is a this is a perfect segue right on topic here so, um, John, you mentioned, uh, Kenyon Drake being, you know, it sounds like you've got him kind of as a yellow light tended to, it's, both of you guys sound like you've got him kind of as a yellow light. Um, but, uh, what are your thoughts on Kenyon Drake? First of all, for this Thursday night game, um, do you, do you, what does it take for him to be, uh, to be startable, uh, Thursday night? I mean, what, what's kind of his path? What's, what's the game script? Uh, where he's actually where he's startable in this tough matchup, uh, and then f- just for the rest of the season, how do you feel about Kenyon Drake?
2: Uh, for we'll start with first of all for the night, uh, the day of this week's game. Um, I think Kenyon Drake's going to be forced into a role, whether it just be spell um, David Johnson if he plays, or if David Johnson really can't handle the load, which you know we uh, you're not, they're not going to try and throw David Johnson on a field if he's if he's at sixty percent or seventy percent. You know they're not in a big hurry. Uh, to hurry up and win a Super Bowl, they're, they're three, four, and one. They're not. Uh, they're not burning the division right now. they have got to keep their best players safe. So I think they're going to use Drake as much as they possibly can this week if they have to. Um, the rest, I honestly think that maybe there may be something further worse that we know with Chase Edmonds. Um, he, this, he might have a worse hamstring situation than we know of. So Kenyon Drake might they might say, "Hey, we need somebody else that's actually a qualified running back that does something similar to Chase Handsman does to fill in the rest of the season that you know that can use the role that we like to use in Arizona in our running backs." So let's go get Kenyon Drake. That's how I, I think Kenyon Drake is going to be a pretty decent part of the offense going forward. Uh, but a decent part doesn't mean that he's when I mean, David Johnson healthy he's going to come back and take over everything. Um, he, I don't think he's going to be anything close to what Chase Edmond did the other night when David Johnson was out. That's, that's not going to happen. I don't even think it's going to be like a 50, 50 rule. I think David Johnson is going to have probably 75 to 80% of this offense. And then Jerry will be like 20%. If, if Edmonds is out the rest of the season or a significant time, if Edmonds is healthy. And they both all kind of come together the rest of this season. I, I get David Johnson's probably going to be fifty percent, maybe sixty percent, and then Edmonds and Drake will probably be on the field a couple times with him, or you know, sharing the other twenty percent of load on his passing situations only. But David Johnson's a great pass catcher, so I, I don't know what, you know, I I don't know what uh, this combination of, of kind of similar running backs with Johnson and Drake. I don't know how they're going to split them up. If Johnson's healthy, I would, I would expect to see Johnson who's a way better player than Kenyon Drake on the field when he's supposed to be on the field. So I, Drake's probably just a, uh, Drake's probably just a, um, a, you know, a backup at this point in time or a, a good, solid, decent backup that they got uh, right before the trade deadline. Um, just in case of worst case scenario with Chase Edmonds.
0: What do you think Har? Yeah, I,
1: I, I sort of agree with that. I mean, I think, I think he has. I think Kenyon Drake's going to have value over the next couple of weeks while David Johnson gets healthy. Um, I do think. I mean, it sounds like the Edmonds injury is is a little bit more significant than just a tweak. Tammy, you know, it's a it's a pretty severe uh, pull from what I've been hearing anyway. So, um, you know, I I think, you know, Johnson's banged up. Edmonds is now out for at least a couple of weeks so they they go out and they get Kenyon drake so that they have a half decent running back that they can start um you know for a few weeks so i think i think that's the one thing about drake is his skill set fits in this offense he's a good pass catcher you know i, I think john's right in saying that when david johnson is 100 healthy he's going to be the back that gets the volume um he you know he's a much better player as john stated so um but Kenyon Drake can do some of the things that David Johnson can do in that offense. So to spell him or if DJ's banged up, um, you know, this this is a, a place where Drake can step in there and maybe provide some value. Kenyon Drake's
2: outstanding. At breaking tackles, at making things happen, at you know eluding on the first hit, he's. Uh, Kenny Drake's an outstanding running back. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with having uh, Kenny Drake as your starting running back. I don't think this offense is the best place for any running back. That's you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, between the tackles running back. I think it's a be- better offense for a pass catching running back, which Drake is. Uh, so they all might fit in. They may just. <laughs> I mean, they may just have to abandon the run between the tackles and just use screen passes and stuff the rest of the season. Just kind of just, I mean, that would make Kyler Murray an even better quarterback. Just, you know, bam, bam, you know, screen pass right, screen pass left, you know, toss something, you know, their their game is not between the tackles. That's not how this offense is designed. And I don't think either is Kenyon Drake or David Johnson for that matter. So uh, that's another reason why I, I have Kyler Murray as a green light for me, because I don't think they're going to be running the ball a lot. I, even I mean, this isn't a game where you can just run the clock out and stop San Francisco either. They they have a couple of defen, decent options on offense, so you're gonna you you can't play run 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 and, and and hopefully stop the 49ers. They got a couple of good options, so I, they're gonna pass. Uh, Kyler Murray will I'll probably get I would imagine pretty close to 20 fantasy points this week, uh, just on passing yards and you know maybe a touchdown, a long touchdown or you know a gimmick play touchdown, maybe two. That's uh that's where I put that's why I have Kyler Million a green light.
0: Um so uh we'll stay on Arizona just for another minute here. Uh because Hal also asked us about Larry Fitzgerald. Um he says he's not been very good for fantasy the last few weeks. Does this continue tomorrow night and rest of season?
2: <laughs> I don't know I don't know what uh, this might be Larry's uh, Larry Legend's last season. I think. I think it's kind of uh, the offense wore down. I, I think he's a great mentor for Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, you know, showing him the ropes. You know how to show the other young receivers how to run pass routes. It's a great person to fill. It's 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 like uh, it's like having, a, I mean, it is like having a superstar on your team to kind of guide you guys through the beginning of painful times. But I think it's just, he can't do what he used to, what he did before. He's only getting, you know, three and four targets a game now for, you know, one or two catches. Uh, it's even, uh, even his on the field percentage has gone from like 90% down to, you know, seven low 70s, mid 70s on the field. I, I don't know what, I, I don't think Larry's anything, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's trustable. I think he's probably a red light like this game, uh, as most of the rest of the team is anyway. No, I wouldn't. I don't think he's a, uh, a green light to play this week.
0: Yeah. You, you, you got to yell like, yeah. I mean, it, he's, he's had, I mean the, the best matchups that he's going to get all season the last three weeks with Atlanta, uh, the giants and then the saints. Um, and not only that up until week eight, he had Christian Kirk out of the way as well. So, Uh, if, I mean, if he can't exploit those matchups, it's going to be, so he's got San Francisco this week, uh, Tampa Bay's next week. That's a nice matchup. Uh, and then, and then at San Francisco, then you got to buy, then you've got the LA Rams. Um, that one's at home, but I mean, you're going up against Nickel Roby Coleman, who's one of the better, uh, slot corners in, in the NFL. So, um, it's, it's kind of it's pretty tough sledding and then and then after that you've got pittsburgh which i mean correct me if i'm wrong brian but i think minka fitzpatrick ends up in the slot quite a bit yeah
1: yeah he's he's definitely making a a, a big uh, a big impact on that the back end of that defense for sure um yeah i you know with with fits here I, I guess the thing for me is I mean, if he's more than your wide receiver four at this point, you're in trouble anyways. I mean, this isn't a guy that, you know, if he... So he started the first two weeks with 100-yard games and double-digit targets, and I think, you know, if people were thinking, oh, Fitz is back. No, Fitz is 36 years old, and he's playing with a rookie quarterback in a brand-new offense. I mean, I think the regression should have been expected, from Fitzgerald over the last you know from the first two weeks and those performances to the last few weeks now the last two weeks have been awful I mean three catches for 20 yards that's about as bad as it gets the three weeks prior to that he was in double-digit fantasy points I mean he's not scoring 18 and 25 or whatnot but he's you know 10 12 11 you know, I mean, they're not great performances. But again, if he's a wide receiver four on your team, you're not really expecting a whole lot more, are you? I mean, you're pleasantly surprised if you're getting it, but you're probably not expecting a whole lot more than that. I do see the schedule being an issue moving forward here this season. And I I think this is probably it for him, um, just based on his age and the makeup of that team. I mean, they're not winning the Super Bowl in the next two, two years. So, I mean, I don't, I, I don't see why why is fits hanging around if, if they're not trying to um you know if they're not really in position to win a super bowl uh he would have been a guy that i would have liked to see uh, like to have seen traded at the deadline um you know to maybe a competing team that could that could use him. but um but yeah it's it's i mean i i don't think you can trust him for sure um and and that's a shame at this point. You know, but it is again at this point in his career, thirty-six years old, rookie quarterback. It's gonna probably be some rough sledding.
2: Yeah, I think for the this is probably the end of his career. It's probably the end. He's gonna go off in the sunset here. Uh i schedule's bad. You really you have one more week the rest of the season to actually kind of use the guy in a, a somewhat normal situation, you know, uh for fantasy for purposes anyway. And um Tampa Bay, and that's it. I don't, I don't even think Fitz plays next year, to be honest this year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd look to trade them now if I, you know, and I don't know how many teams still play with trade deadlines, but I try to trade them for whatever I could on just name value alone and see what you can get for them.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, there, there might be some game scripts here. It, It sounds like kind of the, the key is, you know, you, when you're not able to run the ball, that's when Larry Fitzgerald kind of becomes your, you know, your, your kind of short yardage guy. Uh, you, you know, you, you start going to the slot receiver instead with more kind of like long handoff type passes. And uh, that's, that's how you get those, you know, that's, that's how you kind of soften the, the defense uh, so that you can start going over the top is with Fitzgerald. And I don't think that this is the week to do it. Uh, I I think that if there is an angle for, for the Cardinals here, it probably is through the running game. Um, And not only that, Achille Witherspoon, I mean, he's, he's like one of those big slot receivers. I mean, this is, this is why he's here is to cover Larry Fitzgerald and Cooper cup, you know, the, those, those bigger slot guys. Akili Witherspoon is, is that same type of player. He's that big physical slot corner uh, meant to meant to slow down these big, you know, slot receivers. So uh, it's, it's, I mean, this, it it really does kind of feel like this matchup is intended, f- you know, to slow down Larry Fitzgerald. And again, I mean, he, it, he's uh, two of the next three weeks, He's uh, he's got San Francisco and then he's got a buy following that. So, yeah, now's the time to trade him. I mean, that's kind of your your last chance. Let's get to the San Francisco side, which I I think Brian was going to take that one. So uh, Jimmy Garoppolo now has an actual wide receiver. Finally, with Emmanuel Sanders, he definitely targeted him uh, often uh, against Carolina not not you know to great success but you know moderate success uh do we feel like that's going to be an ongoing thing does this actually start to buoy J- jimmy garoppolo a little bit does this actually buoy uh emmanuel sanders a little bit or was that just kind of uh hey here's our check out our new toy uh
1: i i think it can yeah i mean i th- i do think you know, Sanders is a is a better receiver. He's the best receiver on that roster today. He sets foot in the in the building. Um, you know, and he's he's kind of a shell of him his former self, too, but he's still um, you know, a more legit wide receiver one than um what they had previously. Um so yeah, I mean I can I can see this. I don't know about this week, uh, because of Patrick Peterson. But moving forward, I think uh, yeah, I mean, I think Sanders can make a difference in that offense. And and where I think you're going to see it is with George Kittle because I, I just think that it's going to open some things up across the middle of the field, having a guy like Sanders who's a reliable option on the outside. Um, you know, I, I think that's going to make a difference for George Kittle and he's really going to take off here in the second half of the season. So um, I have, I have uh, Garoppolo as a green light this week. Kittle is a green light. Uh, and then I have Tevin Coleman as a green light as well. I, I, I feel pretty confident after his monster game last week. Um, and, and especially because the rest of the backs in that offense are banged up. I mean, Burita's possibly not playing. Um, I think it was Mostert is out, um, already. So, you know, Coleman's going to get the volume in the backfield there. And I, I like, I like him in this matchup too, um, I think for me this week, Sanders is a yellow. I think you have to temper expectations a little bit because of who's across from him. Um, but those are those are pretty much... And then, I, I mean, the other wide receivers, I'm not really trusting in this offense. So if you have other options, I'd probably play other options. Um, so I guess those guys are red lights for me. Um, unless you absolutely have to start them. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where I am on the Niners this week.
0: Yeah, how about Garoppolo uh, in a superflex?
1: Yeah, I I did have him as a green. Um, okay. Okay. I might not have said that, but yes, yeah, I did have him as a green as well this week. I think, um, you know, the the key there again, he needs to target a re- he, he needs to target other guys <laughs> other than Sanders this week. Um, and and Manny will probably get a few anyways. But um, I, I'm looking for a monster game out of George Kittle this week. Arizona can't cover the tight end, and and that's been proven over and over again this year. Um. You know, so I mean, Kittle's one of the best in the business. I think he's going to have a big game.
0: Arizona's allowing the most fantasy points to the tight end position. So, yeah, George Kittle slam dunk. Uh, maybe the play of the week at tight end. In fact, um, yeah, it, that it's it's a pretty easy one this week. I mean, like like you guys said, it's it's you know it's Coleman, it's Kittle. Uh, Garoppolo and a super flex and, and that's, that's about it. I mean, everyone else is kind of dart throws. So let's, uh, let's, before we get to, uh, start talking about some trades here, uh, sent in by our listeners, just want to tell you real quick about another podcast that you can find on the DLF family of podcasts, mega feed, uh, along with the super flex super show. You can also get the DLF dynasty podcast, the flagship of the DLF family join the longest running weekly dynasty fantasy football podcast in the industry. As they analyze the game of dynasty football with veteran hosts, Dan Myler, Matt price, and Ryan McDowell seasoned professionals who know how to win and don't take themselves too seriously. The DLF dynasty podcast team will keep you informed and entertained all year long. So again, you can get access to the DLF dynasty podcast, as as well as a super flex super show and uh brian's podcast as well brian's other podcasts the trade addicts podcast those are all uh, among so many others all available on the dlf dynasty the dlf family of podcast mega feed uh you can you can subscribe to one feed and get access to all of those different podcasts let's get to our mailbag and uh again as as the the questions come into the chat they're definitely gonna take priority but in the meantime we're gonna we're gonna break down a few trades here and this first one uh, this came to at superflex show our uh, Twitter account you can send your trades to any one of us individually um, any any one of the co-hosts individually and we'll try and get to it uh, you can definitely send them to um, to our our main Twitter account at superflex show And uh, we'll try and bring them here on the live show and break them down. So Keith Jackson sent us one. That's at ATCKJack. I can't contend. I've got a young team, but got this offer. Cortland Sutton for a 2020 first. It looks like it's headed for kind of the middle of the first round and a 2022 second. Uh, Who wants to break that one down for us?
1: Yeah, I'll, I, I mean, I'll I'll jump in here. I I would take Cortland Sutton. I would pay that for Cortland Sutton immediately, and and walk away feeling really really good about it, uh, regardless of whether my team is a contender or not. I mean, I've I've seen what he can do on the football field, and yes, the quarterback conundrum in Denver right now is is exactly that. It's a conundrum. Um, but I I think you know he it's not like Joe Joe Flacco is a world beater and Cortland Sutton has been, I mean, he's, he's, he's a, he's a wide receiver one. He, I mean, that's, you know, he's, he's having an excellent season. Um, and I would absolutely pay that a mid first and a, a, a second round pick two years from now. Easy for me.
2: 100% Cortland Sutton. I would, that's, I would, if, if he was mine, I wouldn't accept that. And, If he was somebody else's, I would send that in a heartbeat to get Cortland Sutton. You know, it takes receivers usually a couple years. Cortland Sutton's only 24 years old. He just turned 24. I mean, you're trading. Why would you trade a first-round pick? You're trying to get a guy that's going to equal Cortland Sutton anyway in the first round. You already got him in your roster. A 24-year-old that's overproducing already. So that 2020 mid-first is pretty much what you're looking for anyway. So that 2021st, you're going to throw a dart to try and get a Cortland Sutton. Uh, I would just keep the guy ahead.
0: Yeah, so if you're if you're not going to contend, um, w- w- I mean, let's just call it a rebuild. I, that's that's essentially what what we're saying there. So, uh, what what pick would you give up uh, to get Cortland Sutton? W- or, or what? Let me let me actually flip that. You have Cortland Sutton. Which pick would you take in order to give up Cortland Sutton? It would take more than one. Really,
2: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I would take a, you know. I mean,
0: one point oh one. Would you do that? uh,
2: Well, uh, I probably. It depends on what you need. Yeah. You know, I I guess it depends on what you need, but it would be really close. I mean, if I was in, here's the thing. I I would try to say, yeah, I'll take the one oh one for Cortland Sutton, but I also want this, and I also want that, and I also want something. I would make sure that I had a bunch of. If I was rebuilding. I would make somebody go with, you know, a couple, couple, maybe a 2021, two and two, tw- you know, 20, 20, to 20, You know, if you're rebuilding, you need those draft picks. So I would try to say, yeah, you know, somebody obviously wants Sutton if they're going to, you know, first of all, offer a first round draft pick to begin with. So I would take, I would say, yeah, give me Sutton. I want the pick twenty twenty second, second also. And I also want a third and a fourth in this, in this, this year's. You know, just trying to get whatever I possibly can, even with, even if it is a one on one. And if I ask for too much, then too bad. You know, they, if you don't like it, then too bad, because that's I better just keep Sutton.
1: Yeah, for me, I think it would take a top four. It would take a top four pick to get me to really even think about it. Um, I need Jerry, Judy or one of the top three running backs. Um, to really consider it. So,
0: yeah. So in a in a super flex does Tua enter that conversation ah, for you Har? Yes, I think so. And and that's my mistake again off off
1: off the game a little bit. Uh, yeah, no. no I I I think in in yes, in definitely. Definitely. Yeah, Tua um uh, would also be in there, so I'd say so top 5, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking I don't
2: even, I don't even know if Tua's is going to be the 1 on 1 this year. That's that's I guess my big concern. I think Tua is very he's popular, but I don't think he's going to be the one one I just don't know what, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I think with his injuries and his, uh, the team he's on that makes him look good. I, I, he may not be the, the first quarterback taken this in this year's draft. So. Uh, uh,
0: so I, I mean, maybe we just take out necessarily take out the name Tua. And just I mean, you know, you've got Burrows, you've got, you know, some of the guys who we thought going in were gonna be um those uh you know those top guys like uh like Fromm and Herbert. Now you've got Chase Young, possibly. Um I have no idea if he's draft eligible, but uh I'm you know, we'll, we'll just for argument's sake say that there's just kind of that that field of quarterbacks who are going to be available. Uh do, do any of those guys you know present enough upside for you in a superflex dynasty to move away from Cortland Sutton and try and rebuild around one of those quarterbacks instead.
1: Yeah, Tua yeah. does. Tua does for me. And yeah. and I think I think John McGlinn and I are, are we we've done this before on on one of the live shows I think <laughs> with, with Tua. I think our opinions about him are a little bit different and that's okay that obviously i mean that's what make this game that's what makes this game great is is people having different opinions and and terms of valuing these guys but um i do think Tula Tua is legit um and i think that he's he, he may not be the number one overall pick in the nfl draft um but if i'm sitting there with the number one overall pick in my rookie draft i'm gonna have a really really hard time now if any year i would do it it would be this year where I would maybe take a positional player above a quarter, a, a really good quarterback in a super flex rookie draft. Um, because I think those running backs up top, you know, Swift and, um, Jonathan James is going to kill me for this. <laughs> Come on, guys, help me out here. It's been Jonathan a long time. Jonathan Taylor, week. Jonathan Taylor, yes. Thomas. And those, yes, I think those guys, <laughs> you know, th- that's those how guys... I
0: remember it, by the way. <laughs>
1: So those those guys at the top there are going to be really, um, you know, really in, enticing. Um, but is up there too. I, I and 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 again, we're circling back kind of to the question: Cortland Sutton. Would I take Tua over Cortland Sutton in a superflex league? I think I probably would, which is why if I think he's a top five rookie draft pick then that's why I'm saying I think I, it would take a top five rookie draft pick. I would need one of those top three running backs, Jerry, Judy, or Tua, essentially. And I do think he's the best quarterback prospect in this next class. I think he's ahead of Burrow um, for me personally um, and, and those other guys that we mentioned.
2: Yeah, the, I mean, the question was mid-20, mid, so I'm thinking 6-7, you know, f- 6 7 ish for this question. Uh, you know, if it's, yeah, 1-4, to 1-5. to five, I don't know One of four probably the top three definitely I trade you know 101 one hundred two, 103 I guess uh, you could probably it's probably an upgrade but again I don't think Cortland Sutley, I don't think Cortland Sun's the best thing since sliced bread you know but I think he's very good uh so it I, I just I hate having guys that I know are already producing early in their career and I know are gonna be great for a long time and trading that asset away for someone who I think is going to be good. You know, that's look at it and kill Harry. He was the number one receiver last year coming out. And I, I mean, I understand he's been hurting stuff, but the Patriots aren't rushing him back on the field because he, from the rumors in the wrong camp there that he's behind schedule on the playbook and not really not really uh you know catching up to speed on what the Patriots do, the Patriots way. So I, I don't know. I, I hate top three pick, yes. Top four maybe six, seven, eight, nine, maybe probably probably not.
0: Yeah. So Yeah. So it sounds like we're definitely not doing it for a mid first. I think we're, we're pretty much in agreement there. Um, And I I think that you had it right McGlynn with, you know, the, the problem here very well could be that, you know, even if you were getting an early first for, uh, for Cortland Sutton, there's a good chance that, you know, when, when, when everything kind of falls into place here that the top, you know, however many picks, it's going to be running backs. Uh, this it, it looks like a very strong running back class. That's typically, you know, that for a contender, that's what you want is is to go after those running backs, and that's what drives the market. You know, the 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 teams that are going to contend in your fantasy leagues in your dynasty leagues drive the market, drive the values on you know regardless of position. And they're going to be willing to pay up for those running backs. They're not going to be willing to pay for Jerry Judy, uh, you know, not as a rookie. And, And we're kind of seeing that this year with, you know, with with some of the rookie wide receivers. You know, they they just didn't end up having nearly as much value as Josh Jacobs, even though they were objectively better players. Uh, even the quarterback position is a little tough to pay for. I mean, this is you, the only way that you can get a quarterback is in that rookie draft. But, I mean, at the same time, you know that you can't expect a whole lot out of them. So, you know, uh, the 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 most value is going to be on the running backs, most likely. Uh, and, you know, if you're in rebuild mode, there's absolutely no reason to draft a running back. Right. So if you end up with 1.01, like, for instance, we'll just say, just for argument's sake, you earned 1.01. And, it, you know, so obviously you're in rebuild mode. And now 1.01 looks like it's going to be a running back. I mean, there's, you know, there's no, there's no reason for you to stay put and take a running back because now you don't have the wide receivers and the quarterbacks around him. Uh, and, you know, that running back is just kind of wasted on your roster for the, you know, his three year career expectancy. And, you know, so you there's there's kind of no reason for you to reach past those running backs and take, you know, take Jerry Judy, take to um, if, if that's not where their market value is, just because then, you know, you're you're giving up a lot of value that that pick holds. You could really just kind of move back and and get the same player at, you know, 104, 105, something like that, 106 even. So, you know, you're you're kind of stuck in a pretty bad spot where you're really just looking to trade that pick. Again, you could trade back, certainly. You know, there's there's that option. But what you're really gonna be looking to do is trade for a young wide receiver that you can build this team around. And that's Cortland Sutton. So So I I, it from a value standpoint, it feels like, you know, the the top three probably are worth more than Cortland Sutton. But for a rebuild purpose, I think that you would rather have Cortland Sutton just on the off chance. I won't even call it an off chance. I think it's it's 50 50 at worst that, you know, you're going to be in a situation with that top three pick where. Uh, you're you're hoping to turn it into another Cortland Sutton
1: yeah it's it's funny John too because you've seen this scenario happen in Denver previously right so Demarius Thomas his rookie season was decent Mm -hmm. above average it was like okay you know the guy has some talent now I'm not saying that one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time is walking through that door okay because Peyton Manning is is the guy that walked through the door and made Demarius Thomas a superstar but if that quarterback room somehow improves, and I don't know that they have the guy on the roster right now that's going to improve that quarterback room, but if they draft a guy or if they sign a free agent, you know, one of these, you know, Jameis Winston, or I just, I'm sorry. I, I just, I did that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, but if I they give you,
1: <laughs> thank just you, be careful with that. <laughs> <laughs> but if they get some help in the quarterback room, I think court, I think, I think you can see a big step, Maybe not the Demarius Thomas with Peyton Manning step, but you know, you're already seeing, I mean, he's on pace for over 1200 receiving yards. So, and, and look, I, I get it on pace. We got to be careful with that stuff. Right. But, but I think he's that type of player. He can make a jump like that. If the quarterback room improves, you know, which hopefully it will, I don't, I don't know that it can get a whole lot worse. Um, (laughs) Never say never, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, think once that improves, I think you're going to see Sutton taking an, another jump too. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I mean, right now, you know, the worst case scenarios really still aren't that bad. Jo- Joe Flacco is under contract. They, you know, they, they kind of backloaded, they restructured his contract and, and kind of backloaded it. So, I mean, he's back in 2020 and you know, whether it's, as the starter or the backup, he's there, you know? So, uh, it, you know, we've got drew lock coming, probably coming off of IR. I'm not excited about drew lock at all. I think this is just another typical John Elway draft pick, but you know, there's, there's a chance that John Elway finally got one wrong, finally got one, right. You know, <laughs> you just keep drafting those big dumb quarterbacks until you get one, right. Maybe he did. And we're, we're about to find out. Maybe Drew Locke is the answer. Um, and it, you get an opportunity to find out to finish the season here. And then, you know, if he is, then there you go. You've got your franchise quarterback. Cortland Sutton gets to kind of learn and grow right along with Drew Locke. Um, and all of a sudden, that upside just is is immense again. Uh, you know, the, the other scenario being that Drew Locke ends up being kind of what I think he's going to be, which is just another another Paxton Lynch, another Brock Osweiler, you know, somewhere in between those two. And you know, there's there's, and then you end up just drafting another quarterback. You you end up with a high pick, and you go get another quarterback in the twenty twenty draft. This time, take them early in the first round for once, and you know, stop worrying about their height. Stop worrying about the, you know, the, the mobility and just focus on, you know, the, the, the guys who know, you know, how to, how to play the quarterback position. That's all we're really looking for finally. And, and stop looking for somebody who play, who lines up under center cause it doesn't exist. Uh, it, it this isn't the 1990s anymore. Right. Um, uh, so, and, and then, you know, either you get that guy, either you get that top draft pick. And again, we've listed a bunch of guys that it could be, you know, from, from, you know, they, they love Herbert. I know that uh, Jake Fromm is still in the, that conversation. Tua could make it, you know, if, if, um, if, if John McGlynn is right, uh, this could, you know, Tua could fall uh, within the top five. Uh, you know, again, chase young, if I, I assume that he's draft eligible, if he were to come out, he would be, you know, he could be an option as well. There, there are so many guys there who could be available to you. Um, and you know, either it's, it's that rookie or it's Joe Flacco as the bridge. And we've seen Cortland Sutton produce with Joe Flacco. So there's kind of no real horrible scenario here that just completely kills Cortland Sutton's value. I mean, they they still find ways to do it sometimes, but, I mean, at least nothing that we can imagine right now.
2: Yeah, he's got over 80 catches. He's got – his yards per catch over two years is over 16 yards per catch, Sutton. So, I mean, this is what you're looking for.
0: Yeah. Uh, Before we get to our next trade, uh, Nathaniel Broton is in our chat and he asked, uh, he says he's doing a a DLF mock draft for November, um, which I assume is probably one QB. That's what they're doing right now. Um, Just got done with a super flex uh, uh, DLF mock drafts that build that uh, the ADP available at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, And we'll do it again here in about a week, week and a half. Uh, So, uh, so be prepared. Uh, Make sure that you're, uh, that you're watching my, my pin tweets. Um, I'm gonna have. It all will uh, tweeted out somewhere around around November 10th is about when we'll start doing more of those. So uh, make sure you jump in. And uh, it's 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 a great way to kind of value, you know, to to kind of gauge player values at this point in the season uh, for dynasty purposes. Um, so make sure you jump in. But anyways, Nathaniel Broten, he's doing a DLF mock draft for November. And he says it got me thinking about startup strategy. I know it's in season uh, talk right now, but if you've ever done productive struggle, did it work out for you in the long run? Um, to uh, to build a legit dynasty juggernaut, so I'm wondering for you guys have you have you like really done a productive struggle type approach, particularly from the startup? Um, I, not many people, you know we. We, we always talk about how, you know, there are going to be some people who try and build a young team and, you know, you can just, in your startup, you just put together a team of proven studs and go win the championship in year one and then you're playing with house money. I don't think it actually works out that way. I think more often than not, everybody's playing to win year one. So I'm curious if you guys have done kind of a productive struggle approach in year one uh, and... Uh, if you've seen any kind of success with it.
2: I have, I'm a guinea pig for this. Nice. <laughs> I, uh, Perfect. I, I, I started when the, I, my redraft league that we've had for, I don't know how many years we had, a, we had a, no, I all my guys were all redraft guys. So I started a, we did a mock draft for a whole year. We did a mock draft and played a whole year, a whole year. So people can understand like how dynasty goes and what a a taxi squad is. And I kind of walked into the steps of, uh, you know, kind of changing over from redraft to dynasty. So we had one whole year, um, of that. I won it that year. Um, but I, I knew it was just a kind of a, a, uh, you know, one year deal. Now we had, that was two years ago, last year I drafted and the draft I drafted was for the future. Um, I, I, I drafted uh, Godwin, uh, uh, DJ Moore, uh, DJ Chark, a bunch of guys like that that, you know, kind of like everybody was scratching their head about the draft. And it's – I took my beating year one. I think I only won two games, and I got, oh, you – you're, you're so in a fantasy football and you can't, you look at the team you drafted, it's a joke. And this year, all these guys turned around, you know, I, I drafted Saquon in round uh, round one, which, you know, everybody was unsure of. They, you know, cause various Ex- guys. Excellent.
1: First- excellent pick.
0: Excellent. Yes. Pick.
2: So if you look at my draft board, everybody made fun of me about my draft. Oh, what kind, of, what kind of draft is this? You know, but this year I, uh, I only lost two games. Uh, my, those, those, all the young picks I had are starting to come into fruition and they're all young players. Now you're not going to hit on them. I, I cut DJ shark after year one, cause I thought he wasn't producing. And that it, that kicked me in the butt. I cut, I cut John Ross after year one, that kind of bit me in the butt. You know, I, I, I you know, I, I kept guys like Emmanuel Sanders who I thought we going to produce. I, you know, I kept other, or not Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Um, so it, a lot of it is patience. You know, that's the thing is when you draft a young team like that, And you're planning for the future, man, you get an itchy trigger finger about improving your team all the time. But you have to let these guys sit for a couple years and take your lumps sometimes or enjoy the fruits of your labor because it really is hard to build a good dynasty team. And like I I, there's, I look at other guys who are producing for other teams right now. If I just would have sat down and kept my big fat finger off the, you know, the, 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 (laughs) the, uh, the cut or the trade or the cut for these guys, I wouldn't, my team would have been awesome. I would have been, I, I would have been the high. I'm already the high scorer, but I would have been the high scorer and league. I would have been undefeated, and I would have had five or six more years of dominance if I just would have kept the team I had originally. But uh, I get, I get a little. I'm so used to redraft. I'm still in redraft mode from years and years of redraft, and um, I think it's. I think starting. There's nothing better than starting a dynasty league and anticipating the future. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course, you would draft Julio Jones and you know Aaron Rodgers and you know all the the older guys who are still studs and win it for maybe a year or two. But if you do that and you try to rebuild through the draft, uh, I'm not a big. Uh, not that I'm not going to say I'm not a huge draft guy, but um, you're taking your chances. You know, it's. I, I look I like I like seeing guys who are already you know who I know. Uh, I, I it, building a team like this is special, but it takes patience. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Yeah. So Har, I mean, you're involved with a ton of leads with the, you know, <laughs> trade addicts and and, and everything. And, sure. you know, the, especially it, to to me, the trade addicts uh, is also, it, that's a great sample here just because, you know, you kind of go into, I can tell you from firsthand experience that going into a trade addict startup, it's, it's kind of with the idea that, you know whatever happens here in the startup i'm going to be able to um to kind of work with it because you know this is a this is going to be a trade heavy league mm-hmm. and i'm going to be able to you know patch whatever holes i end up with after the draft pretty easily um and uh, you know it's it's going to be a pretty quick turnaround um it is as quick as i want it to be i i can really kind of take whatever approach to this that i want to take because it's it's going to be just such a uh, a, a trade heavy league so i maybe you know between your own experiences and then and, and you know kind of watching others maybe you've got some kind of anecdotal evidence um but what do you think on this
1: yeah so i think the big thing here with with this particular strategy is you have to trust your draft evaluation process if you aren't confident so we every dynasty player typically every every dynasty player every fantasy football player has a weakness right so some of us are better at trading and evaluating player values some of us are better at startup drafts and you know some of us are better at evaluating rookies and Devi and that end of things so know your strengths is what i'd say first and foremost if you're not strong in in Devi and kind of evaluating and 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 predicting these young players coming into the league then I don't necessarily think that productive struggle is the the avenue I'd go most of the time now what I typically do personally on my teams is I I like to balance my teams because then I can go either way okay if I have if I have excu- exclusively young players on my team then typically you're not going to have enough of those guys hit to give yourself a shot at winning in year one. Um, but if you go all, you know, veteran heavy, and then maybe you suffer a couple key injuries. Now you're sitting there with no young core to build with towards the next season. You just have all these old guys that are going to be another year older next year. So I like to try to mix my roster as best I can. I know that's, I don't know if, if, people would consider that a cop-out to the answer to the question, but that's how I build my rosters. I try to mix veterans. I, I'm always looking at value in startup drafts. I'm it, That's that's what I go by. I go by where are these guys getting taken? Where do I value these guys with that information along with my own evaluations of players? And where is where does the value lie? If I can get a guy who I think is a veteran – in round 13 that's going to give me you know wide receiver one or running back one production well then i'll i have no problem taking that guy there if i think that there's a chance for a rookie to walk into a successful situation and maybe produce right away then maybe i'll take him around higher than than where he's being evaluated so for me i try to do a mixture i've never gone full productive struggle um, because i am one of those people that i have a hard time Um, I, I have a hard time not, I hate when I'm not at least competing a little bit. Like I like to hang around and I know that's awful. You know, we, we talk all the time about you're either a contender or you're not. I'm, I, I'm a lot of times I'm the guy in the middle trying to still be a contender and seeing if I can throw a couple trades together to get me into the contention. You know, so, so I've, I've not done the productive struggle from the get go. Um, But I've seen it work. I've seen it work. But it takes... It's exactly what John said. It takes patience. You have to be patient. And you have to be confident in your evaluations of those incoming rookies. Because if you're not confident in that, you're going to do exactly what John did. You're going to get frustrated halfway through year one and be like, these guys suck. See ya. And then you haven't waited long enough to let them develop and, and let them show you what can they do once they get the opportunity?
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, that, I, I think that's actually a a totally legitimate strategy, by the way, Har like to, because, and I've, I've said this, you know, on, on, uh, on previous shows here. Um, I, I feel like, and I don't have evidence to back this up, but I really, uh, Uh, I I, I have no idea how to do this research, but I really want to, I really want to show my work on this because I feel like more times than not a six seed is going to win your fantasy championship than a one seed. You know, even with that first round buy, that, it it helps obviously it helps get you there, get you into the money. But you know, the uh, so many times this is just, it's so momentum based this game and You know, the the team that gets hot, you know, you're just kind of hanging around there in the middle, hanging out on the the bubble. And then all of a sudden, you know, you finally you find those guys on the wire that get hot. You find, you know, you find C.J. Anderson last year and just and ride him to a championship that, you know, that happens all the time. Whereas the guys who help you, you know, start off undefeated, get you to seven and oh, eight and oh, and then you just kind of coast into the playoffs without, you know, you're, you you kind of see this gradual decrease in your production, your fantasy point production. Um, but you don't really do anything about it because why would you? You know, you're you're in first place. You're headed for that top seed. You're headed for that first round bye, But, you know, you it, you, you kind of lose that production over the course of time. And then next thing you know, you're in the playoffs and you're up against someone who's just rattled off six wins in a row to sneak into the playoffs. Uh, they were sub 500 and they smoke you, you know, that happens all the time. So, you know, that the, the I, I, I don't, I don't fully subscribe to the idea that if you're not a contender, that you need to just throw it into productive struggle mode. Um, you know, I, I think that, that those bubble teams are still, uh, it, you know, that you, you can still find the right mix. So, Um, for that reason, yeah, I mean, productive struggle isn't, isn't, it's a, it's a hard thing to, to really embrace, um, you know, and and there is just kind of that competitive side for all of us. So, uh, let's uh, actually got another, we got a question here from, uh, from our brother J Mike. Uh, he said, uh, by the way, that trade addicts is a fraternity. Um, yeah, so our frat brother is here with a question for us. (laughs) Hey, Mike. <laughs> uh when mixing your roster, how do you determine if you should ride with a player until the very end of his career? I.e. Larry Fitzgerald, Antonio Brown, even someone like AJ Green. How do you decide uh if uh if you should ride with that player until the very end of his career?
1: My God, look at that picture. J Mike <laughs> is so dapper, it's ridiculous. That's awesome.
0: That was not professionally taken, believe it or not. Fresh out of the barber right there. <laughs> Look at that. Nice clean cut on the a shave.
2: A nice fade. Nice God, job, J Mike. Mike.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I th- I think I think that's a really good question. And I think it's one that we all struggle with as as you know, GMs, Dynasty GMs. Um you know, for me, I I know there is a sentiment that You need to get out a year early rather than a year late. You hear that all the time on social media and when you're listening to podcasts. And it's better to be a year early than a year late. I do not agree with that. Um, And the reason I don't agree with that is so. So I understand the idea of, well, if you hang on to a player and you don't maximize the return that you're going to get you know in trade value then you're doing yourself a disservice but here's the thing and and here's the perfect example the perfect guy here julio jones right so julio jones is 30 years old which my god people would i mean you'd think that people die when they turn 30 (laughs) so it's ridiculous Um, and, and look, yes, running backs are different breeds. So we're, we're not going to go there, but these receivers, okay. So Julio Jones in the last, I mean, I mean, we all know the stats, right? I mean, we, you can look them up yourself. I mean, the guys had over 1500, over 1400 receiving yards in each last five years. Yeah. I mean, he's, last year was his second highest yardage total and second highest reception total ever in his career. So if you would have traded him a year early, Because there were a lot of people before last season like, hey, probably ought to get rid of Julio. He's going to be 30 next year. You know, it's time. I don't want to be too I don't want to be too late here. Well, you just missed out on 113 catches and 1600 yards and and a top five wide receiver. And to me, I'd rather suffer the downgrade from a first round pick to a second round pick for a top 5 freaking receiver that's going to help my team win. So I you know and 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 AJ Green is another one here. Now he's a little bit different in the sense that he's 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 struggled with injuries for a long time here, a bunch of years in a row. But when he's on the field, he produces at a pretty elite level, at a pretty elite level. So he's another guy That like, yeah, I mean, of course, if you can get a a first and a second, like a high first and a second round pick or something like that. I mean, it's all again, it's all about the value. If you can get really good value. Great. If somebody's, you know, if if somebody's like, well I'll give you the last, you know, the last pick of the first round. Or, you know, it's going to be a later first or something like that. Well, then, I mean, why? Especially if you're in if you're in somewhat contention. I mean, Why? keep him he's gonna do more for you on your roster than he is than you I mean I mean you ship him away for a pick you get nothing this year out of that dynasty asset nothing yes. nothing so I, I just I, I don't subscribe to that be early with selling your dynasty assets I don't agree with that I'd rather be late because yeah. you're missing out on production, especially when we're talking about picks. Now, if you can send a guy like that for, um, well, and, and he's not a good example. Let's go back to Julio, right? So so if you can send a guy like Julio Jones for, for you know, a, a player that's going to get you 80% of that production or even less than that, 60% of that production. So you send Julio for DJ Chark in a first or Julio for DJ Moore in a first. Or Julio for Cortland Sutton in a second or something like that. I'm good with that because you're gonna get production too. But you gotta but you gotta get you gotta get the production. You can't just sell these guys for picks.
0: Yeah. And and so uh yeah, Nathaniel Broten uh brought up Julio as well. So that was uh that was perfect. I didn't even have to mention him. (laughs) He just kind of went into him. Um uh so kind of along these same lines, Will Cavanaugh, my boy, Will Cavanaugh on Twitter uh, asked me today, uh which side I'm taking in a half PPR super flex. And I think that this, this applies to the conversation because I kind of feel the same way about Julian Edelman. I think he's kind of in this conversation as well. He's, a, he's in a walk here with the Patriots. We know what their loyalty ultimately ends up being like towards, you know, any of their players. Um, plus, you know, not to mention 41 year old quarterback, uh, you know, it feels like that one could, it, it could really blow up at any time. So he was asking about trading Sammy Watkins away, uh, to get Julian Edelman, Carlos Hyde. And then, I mean, two 20, 21 thirds. I mean, there's, there's basically no value there. There's, that's, you know, uh two, two pennies on top of this whole thing. So Edelman and Hyde really for a, uh, uh, a team that's favored to win the championship, you know, you're kind of giving up long-term production with Sammy Watkins, but you're getting back Julian Edelman and Carlos Hyde, and in both cases, you know, it's very possible that you're losing uh, both of those guys after this year. They're going to help you go win the championship, and then and then you're done. You're done with. it. They die on your roster. Essentially, you're not going to get anything back in return. Uh, so, but I mean, my point to him was, um, you know, just the fact beyond the fact that they help you win the championship and there's pretty significant value in that, uh, there's, there's a strategic advantage to winning the championship, you know, in, in money leagues, because now, you know, you've, you've got your buy-in paid for how many years, uh, while you work on kind of rebuilding it and recovering what you gave up with sammy watkins uh, but the other thing about it is you know and and this is a little bit it you know it's a little bit position dependent but at the wide receiver position in particular, you know you can i mean we every year we see these guys kind of come out of nowhere so you know it's not like you're you're you know, you're just kind of stagnant. You're just kind of left with the the corpse of this wide receiver. You know, you you kind of. It, it it's not like when you know the end does come for Julio Jones. Man, this it feels like a really dark way to talk about a 30 year old human being, uh, uh, in in prime physical condition. By the way. Um, but, you know, when when he does hit that cliff, when Julio Jones does hit that cliff, it's not like, you know, you've just been kind of sitting around doing nothing to to replace him in the meantime, either. You know, we've seen D, we we're seeing DJ chart kind of come out of nowhere, and he's looking like he's got top 10 dynasty upside at the wide receiver position. We kind of saw Auden Tate come out of nowhere. You know, there there are a number of these guys who just kind of pop up out of nowhere on you. And, you know, you've got an opportunity to keep reloading in the meantime. And it feels so much easier to stick with that player, knowing that, you know, it, it at the same time, you know, simultaneously you're kind of rebuilding your stable of wide receivers anyways. So that's the case with most positions. The only, the the running back position is tough. I mean that one um that one you kind of have do have to keep cycling through them and it's not even a value thing. It's just the fact that they can there's so many different ways for them to you know to lose production and and lose their uh you know their their dynasty value like in, in short order. You know, and, and, and you you're not going to see it coming and you're not going to have time to prepare. But the other positions, I think you're going to you're generally going to see it coming. So um, and and you've got an opportunity to, you know, to kind of plan for it. You've got, you know, to come up with a contingency. So uh, in the case of Julian Edelman, I mean, my vote was was pretty easily. You, you make the trade. You give up Sammy Watkins. Um, yeah you get Julian Edelman who I think for the rest of the year is going to be better than Watkins anyways. And on top of that, you get Carlos Hyde, who's been a, you know, a flex consideration at running back. So, um, and, and you go win the championship and then you deal with it later. Agreed. So man, good, good stuff, boys. Wow. Uh, Let me make sure we don't have um, anything to get caught up on here in the chat but in the meantime um, I got another one today this one I, I don't believe it came to the Super Show account but it definitely came to my individual account and again you can send these to any one of us individually and we'll try and get to them uh, you can also send them to at Superflex Show uh, but this one came from James Shoemaker at FF Pulse Tsunami uh, one of the most appropriate uh, Twitter handles that there are as I generally wake up to, if I wake up to only single digit uh, trade polls from James, <laughs> it's uh, he, I, I start to wonder if he's doing okay or if, if he's, uh, if we need to do a welfare check. <laughs> uh, so uh, James asked though, and this one was last night, actually, how much is Pat Mahomes worth in a dynasty super flex? And his options were four, 20, firsts, three, 2021 firsts, Two twenty twenty firsts or two twenty twenty first sts plus a player. My buying or selling. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a great point. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Definitely. So, all right. So you're selling Pat Mahomes. You own Pat Mahomes. What does it take to give him?
2: Oh, give me those four firsts, right?
0: <laughs> does that do it?
2: Uh, I mean, four firsts. I would. I. I mean. I. How do you turn that down? I mean, it's not. I can. I, I can turn it down. I, oh geez.
1: John. John would need John Superflex, dude. John Hogue would need a quarterback in return, exactly. along
0: with along with the the picks.
2: So would you four first and Mariota? Would that get it done for you?
0: <laughs> well, unfortunately, Winston. Mariota's is not going to do it anymore. Winston's <laughs> yeah. definitely not going to do it. You've got to give me four firsts plus Winston plus another first for taking on Winston, <laughs> taking up a roster spot. Uh but and I don't think that it needs to be four firsts uh, for me. But you four you do have to get a player, and it has to be a quarterback. Um, but I think you know, depending on the quarterback you're getting in return, I think probably two firsts is, so what is if, about right. Uh,
2: if you had four firsts and got rid of Mahomes, you could literally take two uh, uh, Herbert. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, and you uh, have to
0: waste all four from- of those. Yeah, you have to waste all four of those draft picks on quarterbacks and hope that at least one of them becomes Pat Mahomes.
2: I mean, you probably have more than one quarterback in your roster anyway, to begin with, if you had Mahomes and you're considering uh, getting rid of him. But, I mean, let's just say you had, like, in my, uh, I guess what we are talking about before, about uh, building with, you know, on on, uh, projections. Like, my quarterbacks are, I have Winston, um, Josh Allen, Mariota, um, Rosen, Sam Darnold, uh, Kyle Allen. So those are my, all my quarterbacks on my team right now. They're all young. They're not proven. I don't think I'm going anywhere with them quarterbacks, but they're startable. Most of them are anyway. Uh, some of well, them, four of the six of them, four of the five, of the, five four to seven of them are uh, for a super flex. So, I mean, so let's just say if I had Winston and Josh Allen and I also had uh, these Rosen and Sam Donald. Kyle Allen, I don't know what he's gonna do. If I had those guys, uh let's just say I I had um Mahomes on my team, I would trade away Mahomes for four 20, 21st. And I'd build around that with maybe one of those guys. i take quarterback, but I'd also take, you know, Swift. I'd take Taylor, I I I take Judy. I mean, let's just say let's just say those are all high first round pick, first picks, like top five, top seven picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four of those are the top seven picks. I could rebuild my entire franchise for one quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I I think so. So. So in the in the chat, J Mike. He he put Darnold, Nikhil, Harry, and two firsts. Would you do it for for that? No, I would not. Nope. I he mean we're old. talking we're huh? hell no. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, except he's twenty-three years old and he's already won the MVP. You're you kidding me? Uh easy with that now. <laughs> hey just, John Hogue. Hey kidding. John Hogue. No, no, hey it's... hey John Hogue, who's your number one quarterback right now? Yeah, it's it's Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Damn it.
0: Mm-hmm. Damn it. All
1: right, you got me. Fine. I would not I would not I would not do that. Now I, no. I, I I understand an argument for it and I understand your argument. John, in in saying that you could you could turn over your whole roster with four first round picks. Here's the problem with first round picks. They don't hit. Yeah. Often. Yeah, I get it. You know, so you got to have and, and it's not just like one's got to hit, right? You're trading the best quarterback in the league who's 23 years old and has already been an MVP who's going to you know, be in the league for the next decade and a half, likely barring injury. You know, you I mean, you better hit on all damn four of them
0: or you've just done yourself a major disservice. So what if those uh what if those two firsts are tracking f- to be, you know, top five? Does that change anything for you or, or it, you no, know, because going I do random to. Yeah.
1: No, because I don't think Sam Darnold's a top 10 quarterback in this league ever. Really? I, I, nope. I don't
2: I don't vet, I don't see I look at quarterbacks in a super flex where I'm looking at I want 20 points a game for my quarterbacks. That's all I want. A steady 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. I don't need to have 49 points a game. It's not going to happen from everybody all the time. <laughs> you know, it's not I don't I, if I can get 20 points a game for my quarterback, that's all I'm asking for, and I'm happy with that. So yeah. I, I don't really I if I can have a bunch of mid range quarterbacks, which almost all quarterbacks have their first four or five quarterbacks are all mid-range. If I could have a handful of mid-range quarterbacks, and let's say I got Mahomes in the fifth round two years ago, uh, you know, in my rookie draft or fourth round or whatever, third round, whatever, we, whatever you drafted him in, I don't. But uh, if I got him late, mid, mid in my rookie drafts a couple years ago, and I have him now, and I'm looking to rebuild, I mean, I already have a handful of mid-range quarterbacks. You better believe I'm taking four first for him, because I rebuild the rest of my team around my mid-range quarterbacks that are already getting me 20 points a week.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean if if you've got that roster construction where you're heavy at quarterback, it, it makes a little bit more sense. The problem is I one thing that I really don't like to do is give out discounts based on my roster build. You know, and and that's kind of what you're doing at that point. I mean, it, it, it's not a discount in terms of of trade value necessarily. I mean, to me, if there's a player that's worth four first, it should be Pat Mahomes one Barkley too. <laughs> well, oh, I, no. <laughs> I, I, I think I probably paid that, but I still disagree with it. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, if, you know, so from a value standpoint, that's, that's probably about right. The problem is, I mean, you know, when you're actually in that situation where, you know, you've got Pat Mahomes and you're forced, you're faced with that offer. How many people can actually click accept? I, I think that people have a really hard time actually doing that. And so, you know, it, it it makes it really hard to make that move um anyways, you know, just kind of in a vacuum. And so if that's the case, then I have a really hard time making that move, even if I have the quarterbacks that I need in order to make that trade. Um, just because I know that I'm, I'm essentially giving a discount, I'm making a trade that I wouldn't make, you know, with a, with an average roster build, just because I have a John Hogue roster build doesn't, doesn't mean that, uh, that the value changes, you know, so that, that makes it pretty tough for me. Uh, that's why I've got to get a quarterback in return. Now I will say though, and this is where I agree with John McGlynn, um, that, that, uh, you know, that, that Darnold, uh, Nikhil, Harry into 2021, especially if those are tracking to be fairly early first. And by the way, I, you know, all off season, I talked about, don't try and project those picks. We're at a point in the season now where you can, you can actually see it coming. You can see which teams are headed for the playoffs, uh, which teams are headed for top five picks. You, you can start to figure that stuff out. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's appropriate to do it here in week nine of the NFL season where it's absolutely not in freaking July and August. Don't try and do it. Uh, But anyways, you know, if it, I, I would make that pick or I would make that trade. I would take Sam Darnold. It, it, it is a little bit risky because of, you know, we don't know for sure what we're getting with Darnold. He's still super young though. Yeah. Y- young enough to get mono. Uh <laughs> And, uh, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, it, it makes it a little bit more risky. There, there are guys that I would rather get, but I mean, you're getting the keel Harry in return, you're getting those two first. And like John, like J Mike said in the chat here, you know, you, you, the, the value of those first is still going to increase, uh, up right up until, you know, it's on the clock. Um, whereas Pat Mahomes is probably going to stay pretty stagnant from here. But the, the overall point here is that value over replacement still kicks in a little bit, as long as you're getting a quarterback in return so that you're not forced into a, a position where you have to use one of those firsts on a quarterback. You're getting your, your quarterback replacement back again. You know, like John said, you know, uh, a, a quarterback who's going to put up 20 points you know consistently every week versus a quarterback who's consistently going to put up 25 points a week and then you know every now and then give you that 40 50 point game i you know i'm i'm still fine with darnold i think that darnold can can do just as much for me as pat mahomes he's not going to win me weeks the way oh. pat mahomes does but he's going to keep me in every single game and then, you know, I can use those picks and I can use Nikhil Harry to make up that difference. John, is this, was- is, this is this a day we fight? <laughs> it might be. It sounds like it might be. What what, what are we fighting about? No, oh, wow. I just,
1: Sam Darnold. I, I, I just can't, I mean, I, I can't even fathom evaluate, uh, evaluating him the, the way that I, I feel like you might be right now. I mean, this is a guy that has like nine more, turnovers than Jamarcus Russell through the same amount of games to start their career. Yeah. I mean he he's a turnover machine. And 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 look, I get it. I mean I we saw some nice things at USC. We saw some nice things in his rookie season. We also saw a lot of bad things. A lot of bad things. A lot of turnovers. And mm-hmm. if you I mean if if we're talking about if we're talking you know who Sam Darnold is to me right now? Jameis Winston that's who he is he scored he yeah yeah yeah, he might score you some touchdowns he might get you some yards every once in a while and he's going to turn the ball over four and five times a game too so I, I don't for me again and we're talking about training Patrick Mahomes here we're not talking about Baker we're not talking about Carson we're not talking about those guys we're talking about Patrick MVP of the league your number one ranked quarterback this is Aaron Rodgers this is Aaron Rodgers. You keep saying that. It, it I, but, maybe we okay. will say. But here but okay. and, and and here's and here's what I'm saying in that. I'm I'm saying that I'm not saying look, Patty Mahomes has a long way to go to be Aaron Rodgers because he's only been in the league for three years. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously. Obviously. What I'm saying though is the way that he's valued right now is Aaron Rodgers. So mm-hmm. the way that you have felt about Aaron Rodgers for the for as long as I've known you. Yeah, is the way that most people in Dynasty feel about Patrick Mahomes right now in, in, in Superflex. So I, I think for me, I have, I, you know, could this deal work if we change the prospects? OK, if we change Darnold and Harry and now we're talking about, um, you know, we are talking about maybe Carson Wentz and Cortland Sutton with two firsts, then yes. Yes. Okay. Or if we're talking about and and look, again, I'm just I'm trying I'm spitballing here, trying to figure out you know, valued prospects. But Harry hasn't played it down yet. Mm-hmm. And Darnold has and he's looked e- average is probably being kind to this point. Mm-hmm. Not in college, but in the in the National Football League, he's looked average, maybe.
2: On a, on a bad team with a bad coach, though.
1: Fair that that's fair to an extent okay i mean situations change quickly yes okay but i don't know that sam darnold is the guy that's go that who who if the situation changes a little bit is going to be a 35 point quarterback yeah he might be the 20 point quarterback per week he he might be that but i don't know that you can you can say that he's going to be the, you know, the, the 30 with the occasional 45 point game. I I just don't, I don't believe that. And it's, it's not me hating on the guy. I mean, I just, I, I, if I'm trading a guy like Patrick Mahomes and again, and I know, I know I'm being crazy here because I'm, I talk about Saquon Barkley and in, in that light, but this is me. Okay. So, so this is like trading Saquon for me. I ain't trading Saquon for no scrub quarter average quarterback. I, I almost said scrub. That, that would have been bad. Average quarterback or 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 even take the quarterbacks out of it. I'm not trading him for an average running back, a rookie running back, and two first round picks. I'm just not doing it. Like I have to have I have to have for for the elite top end players, I have to have better players coming back if i'm doing a deal like this that's just me that's just me okay
0: i and and i that's kind of fair i mean not not totally i mean we so we've seen sam darnold back for three games now uh pretty bad matchups across the board i think we're also we're about to see what he looks like in plus matchups um pretty consistently for the rest of the season here uh but you know 338 two touchdowns he did have an interception that was against dallas um which is uh you know they're giving up the uh the third fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks right now um you know new england i that was not good uh this week with jacksonville was was not pretty i i'm i you know and i'm not gonna try and make excuses here i will say that the it sounds like there's a thumb injury for sam darnold but You know if it's that bad get him out of the game um i i i don't know i i think that the the story is far for written on sam darnold but just so that we you know we don't want to put too fine a point on that particular trade so let's take sam darnold out of it and maybe tell me some quarterbacks that actually get that deal done for you then har
1: um
0: Like, does Jacoby Brissett, does that get it done? No. Does Baker Mayfield get it done?
1: Hmm.
0: Probably not with Harry. Okay. Uh, Matthew Stafford. No. uh, Josh Allen. Jared Goff. (sighs) Goff's getting a little bit closer. Okay. Uh Carson
1: Wentz. That's getting a little bit closer too. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, those are the guys I'm talking about. I'm I'm not I mean, Mahomes is so far above these quarterbacks. I mean, points per game. I mean, he's what I don't I don't know what it is this year. Last year it was I mean, he was a full five points per game above the next quarterback. And when you talk about guys like Darnold, and 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 yeah, I know I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting stuck on 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 Darnold, but you know a guy like that takes a hundred point jump, and he goes from the QB twenty seven to the QB fifteen. I'm not selling Patrick Mahomes for a, a, a the fifteenth quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky. This would be it'd be similar if Mitch Trubisky was in there for me. Blech. Uh, but that's but that's my point here with with Darnold. And again, we're, we're we're I'm getting stuck on. Okay, so so there's there's more. They're they're doing the quarterback things. Russell Wilson gets it a lot closer. Yes, Dak gets it a lot closer. Yes,
0: do, do uh, those get it done for you? I, uh,
1: fact yeah, you're, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Russ would yes. Russ Wilson would yes. Okay. All right. Um, good. Dak. Dak would be. I would probably end up doing the deal I'd still try to get a receiver that I felt a little better about than Harry in it but yes <laughs> and no I don't have a secret crush on Darnold and I didn't give him mono I did have mono <laughs> when I was a kid though but I did not give it to Sam Darnold Daniel Jones no and I like Daniel Jones so do I I'd
0: rather have Daniel Jones than Sam Darnold
1: uh, they're close
0: uh how about Lamar Jackson? Is that does that do it? I think it probably would for me.
1: Because I'm okay. getting a top five running back too in one player. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh we uh we've gone way long here, but we also haven't hit nearly everything that we wanted to get to. Uh real quick, Nathaniel Broten had another one for us. Uh what are you buying Brandon Cooks at? Now that the tri- the trade deadline has passed. So for the NFL purposes, and I don't, I don't know that anything was necessarily going to happen there for the Rams um, to, you know, to move the needle one way or the other, but officially uh, nothing has changed for the Rams. So uh, Brandon cooks, what, where, uh, where do you, where are you putting his value?
2: Um, uh, what are we talking like?
0: Like, let's, let's start with rookie picks. Hmm. Uh, geez. And again, I mean, we can talk random 2020 picks, but at this point in the season, we can also start to project those a little bit. So, um, you know, if, if you feel like it's gotta be, you know, a top five pick or something like that, let's, uh, let's do that too.
2: I don't think it has to, well, I don't
1: know. Random. I think I, I think this is this is similar for me to Sutton. I mean probably. I would pro, I would probably take Sutton over Cooks at this point because I've seen enough I think that leads me to the believe moving forward that Cortland Sutton is going to be producing at a very high level uh for for a while here. So um but but it's similar. Mid first. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't sell Cooks for, for anything less than that.
0: A mid first, so call it a random first. Do you think is that fair or, or does it got, does it have to be?
1: It probably has to be the 108 or better for me to really consider it. Okay. Yeah.
2: Again, proven commodity. I mean, that's that's the thing is you're getting what? a guy who you know is, you know, he's on an offense that produces. I don't know. how, You know, it's he's he produces
1: it. Does the, the concussions do worry me? A little bit. He's it's a report came out yesterday that he's going to Pittsburgh to see the concussion specialist that's, you know, nationally renowned, um, at UPMC. And that's, that's big. I mean, that's, you know, that's a legit concern with him. Um, you know, he's had two this month, two concussions this month. And obviously, you know, those compounds. So, um, you know that that does scare me a little bit so i understand somebody wanting to get out from under that so maybe if you're if you're nervous about the concussions maybe you do it for a late first i'm not selling him for a second round pick though i'll just sit on him and no way and hope he comes back you know and and gives me a few games and then maybe try to capitalize with a mid first or something like that
0: okay deal all right we've got a few more here let's let, we'll try and just shotgun these though try and get some uh one you know, one word, one statement uh, mm-hmm. answers from you guys, and we'll check Twitter. But uh, first one, though, uh, this and this is this one is extremely important. So I want you guys to take this very seriously. Uh-oh. Is there anything worse than candy corn, peeps? <laughs> I'm wrong.
1: No, <clears throat> candy corn. Our dude, candy corn is so much better than peeps. Are you what? serious?
0: Are poor. you serious?
1: I'm coming to Denver. We're fi- we're steel cage match. Hell in a cell,
0: it's on. I I like my chances. If you're eating candy corn first, that's <laughs> it's just wax, just kind of, <laughs> just a ball in your stomach, just weighing you down. What are you peeps, have, bro? <laughs> you couldn't <have> <laughs> peeps? <laughs> peeps are are like Ugh. they're they're sugar coated air. It's They're like both garbage. nothing to them.
2: <laughs> you couldn't have picked but, the two worst situations. I mean, if I was stuck in a room and I was, it was like, it's like a Saw movie or something like that. It's like, in order to get out of this room, you have to eat peeps or candy corn. I, I would just die.
0: <laughs> oh man. man you guys are nuts. I mean, Here's the other argument in favor of peeps real quick is the fact that you can really only eat like one of them, maybe two without just a ton of insulin uh it it just it, it, it it's just way too rich way too sweet so but whereas candy corn i mean you could at least in theory sit there and eat an entire freaking yeah. bag I, of it.
1: I was upstairs earlier tonight and i had this bag of candy corn i was eating it it was delicious i was i was That's eating candy not. honest to god i was Ugh. eating candy corn before i came downstairs I swear what? to God, I was eating candy. The only good thing tonight. about
2: Peeps is that you can you ever see the videos of the people put them in the microwave with the toothpicks on. They have like, and they turn on a minute and they blow up real big and they have like a sword fight with each other in the microwave. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's the only good thing Dude, about I've
1: Peeps. Here, here's the other thing about, here's the other thing about candy corn. It has to be the right sized candy corn. I will say that they, oh. they, they've tried to do this where they make them into little pumpkins or they make them into like you know, other shapes, goblins and ghosts and different things like that. No candy corn is triangular and it's about the size of your fingernail. Roughly, maybe a little bit bigger. Me and Jay Mike
2: are on the same page here. And then you bite, you bite (laughs) the little
1: white tip off and then you pop the rest in. It's beautiful. And then they're delicious. They're not. Huh? It's
2: It's like, it's like eating an eraser.
1: (laughs) Well, y'all ship your candy corn to my house. Gladly. I'll take care of it. You're dig through
2: the
0: garbage. I'm not even touching it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to fantasy football. This one's from Trader Duck. It's a 12-team PPR Superflex Dynasty. And again, just kind of shotgun these for me. And like I said, let's check Twitter. Let's see how Twitter's doing with these trade polls lately. Devontae Adams for or uh Josh Jacobs, Nikhil Harry, and Kenyon Drake. Which side are you taking? Ooh. Twelve team Superflex Dynasty full PPR.
2: He's got AJ Green and Gardner, and their are all. Also- oh, never mind. That's a different one. I think. Or am I reading the same thing?
0: Uh, uh, yeah. That's a different different trade altogether. Okay, okay. never mind. So, yeah, I think I
1: think it's a, I think that's real close. I mean, I, I I lean Adams, especially on a contender. I think, I think, but it's. I mean, that's that's a pretty good deal. I mean, that's what it would take for me to give up. Something like that is what it would take for me to give up Devontae Adams. So I, I like I mean, I I like that deal.
0: That's a that's a big boy trade. I like that. I'm keeping Adams. I'm just gonna leave that quote from J Mike up for a minute. Um while we <laughs> move on to the next one. So Twitter has that one is Devontae Adams, fifty one percent. So a lean towards Devontae Adams. So sounds like uh maybe Twitter's uh got it together here. So this one for AJ Gardner. Uh, Captain Redbeard in rebuild mode, strong wide receiving core need running back help, um, which to me, that's not rebuild mode by the way, but uh so this is a point per carry PPR two QB two tight end and a tight end premium. Jeez, a little bit of everything there carry on Johnson or uh, Royce Freeman and TJ Hawkinson Hawk. What do you think McGlynn? <sighs>
2: The tight end premium stuff is, uh, it's it's pretty advertising with Hawkinson being so young, and you know, you, you kind of see that he's a special talent. I, it's, uh, this is, man, I'm going to take Freeman and Hawkinson just for the Hawkinson side, but it's it's uh, I'm not a big carry on fan. That's the only reason I'm I'm on the Freeman and Hawk side.
0: Yeah, if you're in rebuild, but you've got strong wide receivers, Hawkinson's the next piece, especially with two tight end and wide receiver premium. And uh, Twitter sees it the same way, 65% for the Hawkinson side. This one's from Jake Ebley. Antonio Brown or Darius Geis? Geis Darius Geis. Darius 100%. Uh, 91% on Twitter, so uh, close enough. We're within uh, margin of error. You could have said peeps in Antonio Brown, and I probably <laughs> would have taken peeps. <laughs> Oh man. All right. That's, that's, that's our angle here to, uh, to out you as a, as a peep eater. Um, Dustin church says, uh, 12 team PPR super flex 0.2 point per carry and a 1.5 tight end premium Devonte Adams and Melvin Gordon or Le'Veon bell and Julio Jones.
1: I got to make sure that I don't own any of these players in trade addicts three. <laughs> Cause Dustin's in trade addicts three. So he might be uh, testing. Ooh, um, okay. So at, so read me
0: those guys again, Adams and, uh, Devante Adams and Melvin Gordon. Okay. Or Levy bell and Julio Jones, Adams and Gordon for me.
2: I'm leaning. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's pretty close. I, I Adams and Gordon for me. Uh, just, I think bells, even though he's got a nice schedule coming up now, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I think he might be okay, but I, I like I like Adams better than Julio, and I, I I think Gordon is going to take over that backfield again, or or move on to somewhere else next year with uh, with more a, a lot better situation. I, I like the Adams Gordon side.
0: Yeah, that's the thing people miss. Melvin Gordon's going to land somewhere. Uh, someone's going to be dumb enough to pay him. Uh, so yeah, he's going to be a feature back again somewhere next year. So uh dynasty purposes i'm definitely with you guys twitter has that one 51 for adams and gordon as well so i'm surprised it's
2: that close i, I think I, I would have probably gone like 60 40 in the adams gordon side
0: yeah yeah i would think so too but and it's still early in that one so we'll see uh but that'll do it that's uh that's all we got and uh we only went what almost an hour long so not bad um good to know that twitter is uh is doing well on the trade polls. I'm um, sorry to hear that Brian Haar eats candy corn <laughs> um, oh, and, and is actually pretty passionate about it. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, you you better watch out, buddy. I mean,
1: Jameis Winston's <laughs> over here. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna make you eat some W's too. Nick, yeah. uh, I, I love Jameis Winston.
2: I don't know, you know, I understand he looks bad in a football field, but as far as fantasy purposes are, 20 points a game, he's my guy. You know, I get, he's going to move on somewhere else next year. I don't care where he goes. He's going to get 20 points a game until they, you know, until he's out of the league. So he's got probably four or five more years in this league before he's finally maybe gone. But I, I don't know. He's going to go somewhere else next year, whether it be Tennessee or, you know, I don't think he's going to Chicago, but I think they're going to they're stuck with Mitch for a year or two more, but uh, he'll go somewhere else, fill in, be 20 point guy. He's not a backup yet. He's not that bad. Yeah. I like Jameis. You know, and he starts out yeah. bad he makes bad decisions. I think he's in a perfect spot right now. I think he's only going to get better <laughs> as the year goes on.
0: Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's got a nice schedule coming up. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. To me, he's Jay Cutler. That's, that's kind of the bottom line. It, I love it, Jay
2: Cutler too. It, it, well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you got a, you got a year with him in, uh, in Miami and, uh, I'm sure it was a lot of fun, especially compared to what you've had since. Um, so yeah uh, i i don't know man I, the the big thing to me and james the brain always says availability is an ability and it is still an ability and it annoys the hell out of me up you know where go. he got you
1: know where james got that
0: <laughs> where do, do you get that to,
1: do you happen to know where he got that this no guy idea. named brian harr you ask him the next time you talk to him
2: james is burn on a trade
0: did you make that up
1: I, I I'm pretty sure that he at least heard it for me. I'm not going to say that I'm the first one that's ever said it, but he, he shouted me out on Twitter when I said that on the, on the trade addicts pod one time. So,
0: Oh man. All right. We need to start giving you full credit. For that one.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I, I mean, every
0: once in a while, I, you know, say something it, that sounds decent. So. <laughs> it also doesn't annoy me quite as much when you say it, because you don't say it like with the intention of, of trolling Like (laughs) you're, you're actually being practical with it. So, uh, I, I appreciate your usage of it, but in this case, this is, this is where it really applies with Jameis Winston, because you know, the, the availability is going to become a, a, a question. It's going to, it's going to become an issue. It's going to affect his ability because at some point these NFL coaches are going to feel like I can't win with this guy. I can't. I can't have a guy who throws, you know, bad interceptions. I can't have a guy who turns the ball over and makes bad decisions. I can't have a guy who can't consume a playbook, who can't run the two minute drill, you know, who can't change, uh, who can't audible at the line of scrimmage because he can't remember, you know, his hot reads and stuff like that. I I can't win with that. And it's going to lead to him being a backup and, and a very good backup, but, I mean, he's not going to be on the field. So that's where it affects him for fantasy purposes. So anyways, just had to go on a quick (laughs) Winston tangent (laughs) because I really don't like James Winston for that reason. But, uh, yeah, so we got to thank everybody who showed up to the live chat. Thank you to everybody who's going to go back and listen to this. Uh, when it, uh, when it comes out on the super flex show, uh, Feed and on the DLF family of podcast mega feed, and so uh, that's John McGlynn. He's at John McGlynn seventy five. Brian Har at Brian Har FF. I'm John Hogue as Superflex Dude. And again, you can send us your your trades, your questions. Send them to any one of us individually. Send them to at Superflex Show, and we'll get them on the live show. We do this every single Wednesday evening, nine thirty p.m. Eastern. So make sure to tune in and uh, bring your questions, bring your comments. And uh, we love to interact with our super friends. So uh, thank you again to everybody who showed up. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget to check out the start sits uh, coming up on uh, Thursday or uh, yeah, Thursday and Friday, no Friday and Saturday. Sorry. Yeah. Coming up on Friday and Saturday with start sits plus injury reports from Ethan Turner, uh, help you get ready for the week. So we'll see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in.